What up? This is Yinkadiz. Peace. This is Outlaw. And you listen to the 80s Babies podcast. And on today's episode, we're coming at you with part one of the summer recap, where we're going to go through some news, so all the relevant bits of information, things that happened over the summer. And then we're going to talk about the music, some of the albums that were released as well. It's a long episode, but everything is timestamped. So there's some discussion on some albums that you may want to listen to and other discussions that you don't. So feel free to script. We don't take offense, but before we even get started with the show, we should probably just mention the... I'm not even exactly sure how we should do it, but I just wanted to give attention to the situation right now that's happening in the Bahamas with the Dorian hurricane. Yeah. Yeah. Just it's a real tragic event that happened. And thoughts and prayers on yeah, a situation yeah. that actually needs thoughts and prayers and dollars and aid and, and whatever we yeah. can give. Do you know of uh, any good sources to donate to? I don't, but I do not. <laughs> it's actually funny that you say that. Cause, um, that reminds me of the whole yellow Haiti fiasco. Right. Right. With Wyclef. So I just say definitely do some research before you yes, just for sure. blindly donate to some of these joints. But, uh, you know, definitely prayers up for people affected by the storm. We're recording this um, early September, so yeah, they haven't even had uh, the official count of the devastation and everything like that, but yeah, it's bad. Yeah. But we're going to get into some news first, and uh, quickly, just some updates for ASAP Rocky. What was yeah, the verdict yeah. there? Exactly what was it? So he was guilty, right? He pled guilty, but it he was like... I thought he pled not guilty. I thought it, he like worked out some sort of a deal. Because that's the okay. it was a plea deal, which is the reason why he was he had to pay the fine and all that other stuff. <laughs> so he still had to pay a fine. Yeah, that's some bullshit. But yeah, it was like I, some like I don't know twenty k fine or some shit like that. Okay, and yeah. I took it he will not be going back to Sweden ever again. Yeah, he won't. I mean, well, uh, not not he's not gonna be in jail. No, but I mean, like, just to perform there, like, didn't yeah. a bunch of artists say that they just were not going to go to Sweden after this? Yeah, I mean, we'll see if they stick to that. You know, when, when Stockholm comes with that bag, you know, <laughs> we'll we'll see if cats are really turning it down. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Yo, speaking of which, I actually just remember this. Did you see the headline about, like, his attorney out there got shot in the head? No. Are you serious? So supposedly the guy who represented him in Sweden was recently shot in the head and the chest. Did and it's so die? odd because like I don't remember because I, I think I've just seen the headline and haven't read the details to the body of it but it's like Sweden is not really a place that's known for gun violence so you know right if somebody shoots you in the head in the chest they probably mean to shoot you so I wonder I mean it's, it, it'll be interesting to see what the details unfold as to you know what the deal is with that that's interesting well Maybe by the time we record part two, we'll have more updates on that yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah. Stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned, stay tuned. So the VMAs happened, and this is another show that I just don't watch. Yep. But there were some pivotal moments that happened that we can discuss, I believe. Yeah, kind of thankful for the internet because I don't have to pretend like I care about any of these bullshit award shows. I can just kind of go freely look at the clips of the parts that <laughs> right. actually interest me, which is probably what we're going to discuss here. And then I can discard the rest of the program. Which clips did you see? I, I know we both saw the Missy Elliott. Vi- I literally uh, just watched the ones that you wrote down. So okay. I watched Lizzo and I watched uh, Missy Elliott and that's it. Yeah, Lizzo is someone who's getting a lot of buzz right now. She had yeah. a Tiny Desk concert on NPR, which was good. That oh, was I haven't cool. seen that. I think she only did three tracks. She's real raw, not in terms of her sound. Her sound mm. is obviously very polished. Subject matter. Well, yeah, very raw, almost like Cardi B in the sense that like, this is who I am. You're going to love it. Yeah, and yeah. Thoughts on the performance? I thought it was cool. Yeah. Her music is, 
it's not really for me yeah. just in the sense that like it's it's fine like it's, it's cool i i have no issue with it but agree it's not something that i'm i'm really gonna rock out to thoughts on so. the giant floating ass whatever <laughs> I'm not sure. What is that supposed to mean? Is there some deeper meaning to it, or was it just a giant floating ass? I think it was just a giant floating ass. Um, let's explore here a little bit, right? Go, so go first and foremost, great performance for what it was. Yeah, definitely Missy inspired and influenced. So I'm kind of glad <laughs> right. that we put these two things together because you know, and not in a derivative way, but definitely in an influenced by inspired by way. Right. But I thought I heard like uh, Miley Cyrus's name pop up in this as well. Oh man! If it's Miley, then it's trolling, right? Because Miley's whole shit is is a troll, right? Like, well, let me not interrupt your point. Go back yeah. to the Missy Elliott. Yes, no, but, but so I was saying, you know, definitely Missy Elliott inspired, and Missy, you know, for her time was also fairly raunchy, right? You know, mm -hmm. like she had some fairly raunchy subject matter and things like that, and some of the you know stuff that she discussed. I remember we talked, and we'll probably talk about it a bit more later, but when Get Your Freak On came out, there yes. was that whole piece of the video where, like, she spits and then somebody catches <laughs> it in their mouth or whatever, yeah. right? And that was like, you know, oh, shit, like, somebody spit and somebody <laughs> caught, you know? So I think, like, some of those kind of shock value things are, are kind of part of that, part and parcel of that shtick. Okay. But the one thing I was going to say is, and I don't know if you if you heard about this, this is a little bit off topic, but um, Azalea Banks came out this week attacking Lizzo on Twitter. For what? The kind of shortened version of what she had to say was, people don't really like Lizzo per se, but they like the fact that she basically is like Mammy. Okay. A fat black caricature that white people can kind of laugh at and enjoy. I'll start there, and, 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 and do you have any thoughts on that? Two things. First, let me talk about, let me address Azalea Banks, the person first. Okay. Anytime someone gets more attention for their Twitter yes. statements than yes. their music, yes. I don't give a fuck what you have to say. <laughs> Your opinion means nothing to me. Right. So shut the fuck up. Yeah. Just shut the fuck up. Facts. Second thing, though, about what she said. Mm. First of all, I haven't heard opinions about Lizzo from white people. Mm. I've heard opinions about Lizzo from black people. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that these people who like Lizzo like mm. her because they see her as a mammy. I think they like her music. I think they like her confidence. And I think that, maybe I'm not sure if this is a PC thing to say or whatever, but from what I understand, she's a body positive individual. Mm. And she's like, fuck it, like this is who I am. And not only that, like the songs that I have heard, like I mm. said, it's not for me. But yeah. I can see why somebody would relate to the lyrics of, of her song. So I get it. I don't think it has anything to so, do with this memory perception. So quickly on the white black thing, I think mm -hmm. her comments were more along the lines of the people who choose what artists are promoted okay. and, you okay. know, who gets these platforms, right, That's are fair. not people that look like us. So what she's saying is the reason this girl is getting this look is because of this whole, you know, mammy caricature thing. It's a fair point among a list of points. And on right. the other list of points, you have to give the artist herself credit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think it's just an issue where like, hey, we can market her. So boom, we'll there, we'll there, we'll put it out. Let's Agree also give credit to the artist. And, and as well. I think, you know, like you said, 
sometimes the messenger is just as important as the message, right? So like, mm-hmm. first of all, you discount everything that you have to say when you take away from the actual talent that it takes to do what Lizzo does, right? So yes. she's like, oh, she's not talented. She's whack, she blah, 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 blah. And then you say this, right? So I also think that she kind of may have a point. Like there may be a point to... Oh, hey, you know, this is entertaining. You know, we haven't seen a fat black woman who is twerking while she's playing the the flute before. Like, this is right. fun. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I can see that happening. But then when you stack that on the fact that, like you said, Azalea Banks is somebody who's literally ruined every opportunity that she's had. And as a result, <laughs> has not put out music in years. And yet every time we talk about her, it's because of some train wreck where she's talking negatively about somebody else. We're not going to explore, you know, the detail and the nuance as to what her point is because she prefaces it, one, by discounting the talent of the person that she's discussing. Yeah. And two, she's come off as a hater so much that it's like, why <laughs> why do we even want to hear what you have to say? So I, I think we're on the same page with that. I feel like the only time we ever really took her side was when she was taking shots at Iggy Azalea. But we were all like, yeah. <laughs> That's true. You know what I mean? Of course. We were like, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. I don't really have anything else to, to add about that, but, you know, mm. I wish her well, obviously. I'm glad that you made me watch that because of the fact that, like, Lizzo's somebody who we're hearing a whole lot about. We um, are. She's somebody who, and we've talked about this previously, when I hear more buzz about somebody, like like a shit ton of buzz about somebody, and I've never heard a single song, yeah. it intentionally turns me off to them. So, I totally so understand So prior to me hearing the Lizzo song, I just kept hearing her name, kept hearing her name. And it was like, yeah. yo, this girl twerks and she's playing the flute. Oh, she's twerking with Megan Thee Stallion or whatever. You know what I mean? And so I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. this person might like just be complete, just troll gimmick. And then, you know, it was like this huge wave of press. And then boom, I heard the Truth Hurts song for the first time. Yeah. And then literally I heard it everywhere for like a solid <laughs> like two weeks. It's just everywhere I went, I heard yeah. it, you know, women singing it at the top of their lungs, et cetera. And I'm like, Oh, okay. There's something. There's something with this. You know what I mean. So, I'm glad I, you know, kind of got to see it and witness it because I, I do, I do appreciate moments like that that I can, I can see the energy of how it resonates with other people. And while Lizzo's music and movement may not necessarily resonate individually with me, I enjoy watching other people enjoy her music. Do you see Lizzo as a sex symbol? Do you think that that's something that they're trying to push forward? Huh. It's interesting that you say that because I'd never, it's weird, but I never thought about it. Um, But I mean, she's definitely positioned herself as a sex symbol. Okay. Is it appealing to me? No. The reason why I ask is because I know she has songs where she talks about like how sexy she is and this, that, and the other. I I don't remember the name of it. It might've been Truth Hurts. Mm -hmm. I get some of her song names mixed up because like I said, I don't go through this thoroughly, but it's the one where she's talking about like the dude fucked up for leaving her and now she's dating some better guy who plays for the Vikings and she's bad and she woke I, up and she's 100% that bitch. I think it's that. That's the line. It might it might have been that one. That, right. that sounds like it. But there could have been others as well. But then yeah. also you had the performance where <laughs> she's shaking her ass and she's twerking. And these are all sex symbol-like things. Yeah. So I'm curious if you think that they are like the managing team or the powers mm. that be, whoever, mm. are trying to push her forward as a sex symbol. I think in a way, and it's interesting, right? I was listening to Joe Budden's podcast and they were talking about how how interesting Megan Thee Stallion's rollout is and how 
Her fans don't seem to understand that it's a rollout, but like literally every single look that you're getting from her is somebody sitting in a room going, oh, you know, this is going to go over well, even down to like who she takes pictures with and they post it on Instagram, right? Yeah. And so they were talking about this like hot nerd fall thing she's doing now, right? Where it's like <laughs> you just see these random like pictures of her like with glasses on, like supposedly doing homework in an empty classroom and it's dark but the lighting is perfect on the side of her face, you know, type of thing. And I think in that same way, I see the Lizzo image that way, for better okay. or for worse, right? And so I think to some degree, like, so Megan Thee Stallion is in school, right? Like, right. It, like it's not completely contrived. They didn't enroll her just so they could take those pictures. But right. at the same time, they figured out a way to exploit that piece of her and create an image that they can market, and they're doing a great job with it. I think mm -hmm. Lizzo, similar situation, right? It's like, okay, this woman doesn't look like everybody else who's out here essentially selling sex, right? Like right. in a way she she's selling sex in the way that Megan Thee Stallion is selling sex, right. right? But she doesn't look like Megan Thee Stallion or a lot of the other women who have previously sold sex. And that in and of itself becomes its own gimmick, right? Because like body positivity is a thing mm -hmm. and if you look at that performance clip that you recommended i watch from the vmas you look at who they pan to in the audience when she's performing and it's a lot of lgbtq folks you know okay. what i'm saying a lot of bigger girls and things like that so it's like i feel like a lot of people who are in some ways underrepresented in this pop mainstream feel a certain affinity to her and they're able to play that up and it's an excellent marketing strategy. I would agree with that. I would yeah. agree with that. So the other big performance from the night, which to me was the better performance, and oh that is uh, Missy Elliott and her seven minute performance. There's not enough positive things I can say about it. We'll just start, go ahead. You were saying off mic, I can't quote you perfectly, but you were like, yo, how much money did this cost? What I was saying was is this one single seven minute performance yeah. must have had a budget of like $5 million. Doug, it takes me <laughs> back to a time frame where they were giving Hype Williams a million dollars or dollars more to, make a video. to do music videos. Like, yes. And I mean, Missy was one of the four most creatives in, in that space. Probably still is. Even though yeah. she's not doing that much music, she still oh, is man. more creative than half of these people out here. Oh, man. And, yeah. you know, I hope you don't mind me hijacking the thread a little bit, but Go ahead, man. that kind of takes me to Missy Elliott iconology, which we said we were going to talk about her project as well, right? Yes. The project was cool. I'm not going to revisit it, but yes, I listened to it. It was, it was you know, a little EP. The things that I love about Missy, I didn't necessarily need it. Okay. And I, I'll tell you why, right? Like this performance shows me what I want from Missy. Right, I, I, like, I like Missy is an amazing creative, mm -hmm. and I think you and I spoke on the episode where we talked about my album, and you know, you told me it was whack, and you gave it zero mics. Um, <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> just, that is definitely nah, not true. But, but uh, so we were talking about my album, and I think I said something along the lines of like, I don't want to be a forty-something-year-old rapper, right? Yeah, I would like to be able to get in a position where you know, ideally. I can influence other creatives who have that young, energetic spirit and just lend my creative vision to what someone else is doing or some other people are doing. And I, I think that. that's what I want from Missy now, right? And so like 
the album, I mean, or, or I guess it's kind of like an EP, right? It's an EP. Was yeah, fine. EP. The one song that was the standout song, and I don't remember the name of it because I, I was listening to it and I wasn't I wasn't looking at the, the track listing, but what was one where she had a singer and the singer mm -hmm. was just killing it. It was like tra yeah, track three. I remember whatever. that one. That yeah, was yeah, amazing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, that's what I want from Missy now. Like, I want Missy to that's just fair. lend her creative direction and just let someone else run with it. Yeah. You know, like we talked about on that one episode, this LaKelly 47 girl. Right. Uh huh. Obviously influenced by Missy. Like you can you can just yeah. tell. Right. right. Like if Missy could executive produce an album for that Whew. girl, it would yeah, be, be um, it would be out of here. Right. Yeah. So like yeah, that's yeah, kind of yeah. what I want from her more so than, you know, I. I'm, I'm happy that she's still making content yes. and I'm happy that she's able to express herself that way. But I didn't necessarily need to hear Missy Elliott rapping over trap beats. Like, I, it's just not something that I need. You know what I mean? What, what do you I think? hear you. And you're not going to disagree with what I'm about to say. And what I'm about to say is not a challenge to your point. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Missy, obviously, you and I both agree, has earned the right to do whatever the fuck she wants, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. we, we we both acknowledge this. Mm -hmm. And I, as you are, I'm also happy that she's out here doing music, given yeah. her health struggles. That's yeah, a really that's big true. thing. Given that she's out there able to perform and blow every, like everybody in the crowd is excited. Right, and right. they're not just excited to be part of the moment. No, they're excited because they fucking love this music. Right. They love this woman. Like she's great. Yep. And to me, you know, Get Your Freak On comes on in the performance. And to me, Get Your Freak On, like, yes, Timbaland had everything to do with that song, but mm -hmm. it doesn't work without Missy yep. being the front Iconic. woman on that song. And, and yep. that is arguably one of the most out of left field songs I've yes. ever heard that was yes. also rocking at the same time. Yeah. The song is amazing. It's a transcendent piece of music. And to me, if Missy Elliott is going to continue making music, I don't want to hear her do stuff that everybody else is doing. You know, the WTF song was great Good when that point. came out with Pharrell a couple years ago. Yeah. And, you know, she has some songs on the EP that were cool, but like it sounds too much like today's music. Good point. If she's going to keep making music, yeah. I would love her to say, just trust your gut. Yep. And just make something dope. Like maybe you make a few pep rally songs that aren't good because mm -hmm. pep rally was a song that came out. It was not good. Right, Fine. right, right. Have a couple duds. Eventually, you're going to have a couple other ones that are like, holy shit, Missy yep. Elliott is back. Yep. So if she could do that, mm -hmm. hey, make your music. But if not, I feel you. Yeah. If she's going to be a, a music curator for an up and coming artist, that would be dope too. You make an excellent point there. And I think you worded it better than probably I could have. You know, but what I was going to say back to the, um, you know, the conversation about Get Your Freak On, you know, right. again, Iconic, transcendent, every positive adjective that you can think of, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, I remember around the time, and this is before Get Your Freak On, but still in the time frame of when Missy was just killing, right? Timbaland got that imprint and he was supposed to put out Beat Club. This is, right. you know, Bubba Sparks, who we talked about on the last episode, uh, was, was one of the people that was in this, you know, this Beat Club thing. And yeah. another person who was on the Beat Club imprint when we were in college was Miss Jade. I don't right. know if you remember Miss Jade. Quickies and Brody and niggas quickly for cats. 
that talk if he gets swung on like hey Rippy. They spit willy, though half of these bitches feel me. The other half is trash, plus words you never kill me. I do remember Mr. She I don't remember that, much of the music, but I remember, yeah. She had that one song, Get Your Big Head on the Flow. Get Your Big Head on yeah, the Flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she yeah. was from Philly. She's a battle rapper from Philly. I mean, and for folks that don't know Miss Jade, like, go check out Miss Jade. She, if you like yeah. Remy Ma, or yeah. you like that kind of vein of just like women that could just, oh, just tear it up. Miss Jade is the shit. She's from Philly. She yeah, was a dope that. MC. He signed her. I think they did one album together and it just kind of fizzled and, Mm. you know, she got dropped, right? Like it didn't work. And I remember an interview with her and they talked to her about like, you know, kind of why it didn't work. And she said, um, she said, I'm like a down the rhyme spitter. Like my flow is like a focal point. Yeah. But one of the things that makes Missy and some other artists so successful with Timbaland's beats is that he does so much musically that you kind of have to get out of the way of the beat. So the beat leads and the performing artist follows almost mm-hmm. as an instrument. Whereas right. with certain artists, they want to lead and you kind of have to give them more sparse instrumentation so that their voice is the focal point. And I mm-hmm. think Missy is just the perfect complement to Timbaland, right? Like yeah. so many of her records, Get Your Freak On is definitely one of them. They just don't work. Like you can't you can't put a Bubba or a Miss Jade <laughs> on a Get Your Freak On. Like you need somebody like Missy who she just really, really just understands space, timing, yes. what we call tricks, the Jay-Z yes, thing, yeah. right? Like oh, the, absolutely. Oh, these yeah. little like, you know, little things that you could do where where the whole audience will just do it. Quiet. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. she does it like nobody else. And um and man, uh, she's she's amazing. So definitely um want to hear more from her. Happy that she, you know, yeah. to kind of have her back in the sphere here. Cause we we always talk about her, you know, oh, yeah. and Love you know, just glowingly. And and this performance is exactly what we want from Missy. Like this is everything we love about her. Yeah. All right. So moving on, the next bit of news would be that little Nas X. And his Old Town Road, I guess it's the remix, whatever, uh, <laughs> broke the record for staying at number one for having for the, longest. the longest number one streak. Is that yeah, what it was? Yeah, yeah. Didn't, didn't it be like Mariah Carey? It beat Mariah Carey and Boys to Men. Um, one Sweet I, Day. Is that what it is? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Mariah Carey shouted him out on Twitter, gave oh, okay. uh, congratulated Dope. him, which Dope. was a which is a big move for Mariah Carey. I'm glad she did it, but she is a diva, so sometimes you never know. What are your thoughts on it? Well, I've never liked the song, <laughs> and I don't get it. I don't think it's a country record. Mm-hmm. That song, Old Town Road, at least the backbone of it, mm-hmm. is a song by Trent Reznor and Atticus yeah, Ross or yeah. Nine Inch Nails. Uh-huh. It's on an album called Ghost. I think the song is actually called 36 Ghost 4, right? Because don't worry about it. The names are all weird. But essentially, like, the little guitar riff that uh-huh. you hear, like, dun, that's... Dun, yeah. Dun, dun. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that is a song that whenever I make, like, a playlist, that's one of the songs I always put on there because I, mm-hmm. I happen to love that song. So now mm-hmm. I'm hearing this Old Town Road song, and I'm like... It just annoys me because I love the foundation <laughs> of that song so much. Yeah. And whatever. I, it's... I'm happy for him. Congratulations. But I don't give a fuck about the song. And the other thing, too, that we should talk about (laughs) a little bit is that it's number one on the billboard. But does that even mean anything anymore? Because half Mm -hmm. of like these billboard sales have to do with bundling sodas and fucking T-shirts and concert tickets. Yep. It's almost unfair, right? (laughs) This is going to sound blasphemous or whatever, but, you know. 
in the year of our Lord versus BC. Like, they almost <laughs> need to just start breaking up the difference between these cats. I saw something that showed that Drake has sold more than the Beatles, Michael Jackson, yeah. and yeah, Elvis, yeah. right? And it's that. like, yeah. yeah, but no, you know, like, no, like he hasn't. just split it out so, like, we can yes. see the fact that people, like, literally stood outside for days to try to, <laughs> to buy yes. a Michael Jackson album versus a streaming farm in, like, Syria is just playing your shit over and over again and you have 45 tracks on your album billboard before streaming yes. billboard after streaming yes billboard before bundles billboard <laughs> after bundles low-key <laughs> i hate to agree with Nicki minaj because she's just an yeah. insufferable human but like yo they just need to just get rid of the bundles bro like that shit is whack man i'm sorry and like just all the way across the board like everybody who's trying to cheat I, I, more power to you like you gotta try yeah. to it's like what's the saying if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Right. Like, yeah, I, everybody's yeah. trying to cheat. Go ahead. That's great. But, man, just get that shit out of here. Swag. Anyway, enough about Lil Nas X. I don't give a fuck about him, but <laughs> I don't hate him either. Congratulations. Yo, props to him, yo. He's he's yeah, the yeah. young guy. He's a troll. He's enjoying it. I thought he was trolling with the whole coming out of the closet situation just because I assume everything that he says and does is a troll because he's no, he was honest about such that. a marketing person. But now that I've kind of heard him talk about it a little bit yeah, more, yeah. I definitely respect it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I said, I'm not hating. I just I just don't care either way. But anyway, yeah. so the bigger news, uh, the bigger controversy here is <laughs> the Jay-Z deal with the NFL. Uh-huh. And... This was somewhat polarizing. Yo, it's super polarizing. Okay, what's weird so to weird. me is that I think you can defend Jay-Z without saying fuck Colin Kaepernick. And that's what, is it Freddie yeah, Gibbs who said fuck that's Colin what, yeah, Kaepernick? Yeah, he did. Yep. That, was, that was weird. And we're going to talk about Freddie a little it's bit later ignorant. in the show as well. But I think that there are reasons to not hate the deal. I think there are reasons to be supportive of what Jay-Z is doing. Mm. And I say that because I, I do think it's nuanced. I don't think it's black and white. I do think there's just some gray area and you can explore it and talk about, okay, maybe there are some genuine benefits. Yep, yep. It still rubs me the wrong way, but mm. also I have a bias against the NFL. Even mm. before the Colin Kaepernick situation, yep. I've not been a fan of the NFL. I fucking hate the NFL. Mm. I've hated it for a long time yep. now. And once I stopped playing fantasy football, because fantasy football is great, but whatever. It is. Once I stopped doing that, like it, it, <laughs> it allowed me to fully, fully hate the NFL. It was so hard to give that up. You know, I mean, yeah. and, and as someone who hasn't watched an NFL game in two years or played oh. fantasy football in two it's years. It's so great not having to watch it, though, right? It is. It's kind of freeing, but at I get the my same Sundays time, back. it's like, it was so fun, though. Yeah, I mean, was I was in I was in a, a couple of your leagues. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like we we had a lot of fun with it. Yo, this guy yeah. like this guy would write full hating ass. Y'all know how outlaw is rankings. if you listen. Power rankings. He would he yes. would write full hating ass synopses as to why Every your team sucked. Week. Every exactly. week, like that's dedication. My team was always my, my team was always at the top because I was a fucking bomb. <laughs> anyway, anyway, dedication. But look, yeah, I think. There's things with Colin Kaepernick that I'm not 100% in his corner on. I'm okay. not necessarily going to address it here because it doesn't matter. Yeah. That being said, I think had Jay-Z not told other artists to not perform, mm. it would have made more sense. But given that he told other people not to perform and then yeah. to have him rationalize it, See, it's kind of fucking. I don't that's know. That's the biggest issue. I think Jay needs to take a page from Cap's book and shut the fuck up. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sorry to say it that way, but it's true. Like, 
every time he opens his mouth, it just makes it way, way worse. And it's just yeah. like time after time, like. And it's interesting because, and they actually were talking about this on the Joe Budden podcast because they are ardent defenders of him because he's probably paying their bills. Um, <laughs> and then they got to, you know, this is the third episode in the row in a row now where they're coming to defend him, and they're just like, they just kind of made a joke out of the fact that they're running out of things to be able to try to defend him, right? And it's just like, just stop talking. Yeah. Every time he talks, it doesn't sound well thought out. Yeah. And it shows kind of how out of touch. Jay is you know it lends itself almost to this you know the Bernie Sanders debate right like Bernie Sanders talks about how like many issues are are less about race and more about socioeconomic status right and yeah. so like Jay is a black dude who came from the hood and was a drug dealer yes but now it's almost like he's so far removed from those issues that he's not able to articulate what the struggle or whatever is but at the same time like he's being put on a pedestal to represent us <laughs> and every time he does it just shows that he's really really out of touch i don't put people on pedestals and i yeah. don't believe in putting people on pedestals right in jay-z's defense i would like to think that he's smart enough to know how much of a bad look this was mm -hmm. so maybe there's something going on behind the scenes that we don't know and I'm not saying that to rationalize this decision, only mm. that if it comes out that this actually ends up being a good move, mm. I won't be surprised. It's basically yeah, yeah. what I'm saying. So one of the things that Button said was he was like, people, they keep saying that each of these follow-up clips that are coming out are leaks from these yeah. meetings, but like literally Jay's camp is leaking these out. So like they're thinking yeah. like, like they're doing damage control by putting another piece of the conversation out. Like, oh, you didn't have the whole picture. But then every yeah. time we get more of the picture, it just makes it sound worse. Yeah. I do agree with you that I think it's a, a lot more gray than we, yeah. we, than we tend to talk about these issues. And I think that there probably will be some good out of it. But I think also a lot of people are rushing to cape for Jay to fall on their sword and, you know, yeah, Jay's doing this. I got into a big argument. So first of all, you know, first and foremost, I went to the Jay-Z apology concert um, here in Chicago. It was at the season opener. Meek Mill performed. Megan Trainer performed. Rhapsody performed. I only saw Meek Mill's part of it. And I bumped into a guy who was a friend of my cousin. I met him a couple times in the city. You know, he was like, I'm an entrepreneur and a capitalist and Jay-Z is everything that we need and blah, blah, blah. And we end up having this whole argument about it. And I don't think I'm anti-Jay or against Jay. Right. Um, you know, he's like, he even asked me, do you listen to Jay-Z? And he's like, yeah, because, you know, like, you must not know about his philosophy. On one he's of his like, songs, on, he said this. I'm like, fam. I have a podcast where literally I just break down every every single Jay-Z album and we talk about how he's a top three MC like of all yeah. time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yes, I listen to Jay. And, that, and that's not the <laughs> issue. That's not the issue here at all, right? But he harped on Jay saying, we're past kneeling. And he said, mm -hmm. yeah, well, we are past kneeling. We need to do other stuff. And I said, well, you know, the fundamental freedom of Americanness is the right to protest. So who yeah. are you or Jay-Z or anybody else to tell someone else how they can protest? I said, what's the difference between Jay-Z telling you that you can't kneel anymore because we're past it and the NFL telling you you can't kneel anymore because they don't want you to kneel? You know That's what I mean? So point. it's like 
And he's like, well, no, nah, you know, he's just saying we knelt already and it didn't do anything. I said, well, actually, that's false. I said, first and foremost, we're standing at a concert that's literally a product of them apologizing <laughs> because people knelt. I said, you know, right. Kaepernick got a settlement for, for an undisclosed amount. And then additionally, he was given a Nike contract to not play football. Like literally they paid him $80 million to be the guy who protested. So, mm -hmm. you know, to say, oh yeah, kneeling didn't do anything is very, very false. It's far from the truth. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and to now say, okay, well, Jay-Z says we can't kneel anymore. You know, we're past that. I said, okay, so then in that case, then what protests, what forms of protests do you think are legitimate if kneeling is no longer legitimate? He's like, oh, well, you know, Jay-Z's in the boardroom and, you know, he's got a seat at the table. So that's what we need to do. I said, okay, so what yeah, you're saying maybe. is our only way to, to now protest or express any type of displeasure with any systems is to wait on a billionaire to tell us what our next steps are going to be because our previous steps in his mind that got him to the table that he has a seat at now mm -hmm. are yeah. ineffectual. And yeah. then additionally, I was like, we need to break away from this seat at the table mentality. Because at the end of the day, we've said this so many different times, right? We want a seat at the table with systems that are not created for us. Right. So, you know, at the end of the day, we, we want to work within the confines and the guidelines of a system that is not for us. And then when it doesn't meet our needs, we're surprised. Yeah. So I think that there is room for what Jay is doing. But I think there's also room for people to kneel. There is room for yeah. people to do a million different things. And so I'm not going to condemn Jay for sitting at that table. But at the same time, I am going to say that I don't think that it's right for him to say, well, now that I'm sitting at this table, y'all need to just fall back and take a cue from me. Yeah. And Jay-Z has always kind of had somewhat of a God complex. And maybe somewhat is an understatement. Because <laughs> I remember when like, he and Harry Belafonte got into it. And he was saying something along I the lines of, like, well, look, I don't need to necessarily show up oh, and be in the yeah. streets and do these things. I just, yeah. or I just need to show up and put my name on it. And, my presence and, like, is a present. That, that, joke. yeah, something yeah. like that. And it's like, that's definitely God complex talking <laughs> out your fucking ass, is what that is. Now, yeah. I don't mind Jay Z doing this in the sense that, like, look, I am for capitalism, generally mm -hmm. speaking, although obviously it has some negative issues with it but mm -hmm. whatever like I'm not here to talk about politics but i think ultimately i agree with everything you said I, th I think you articulated it very well and even though i don't necessarily have an issue with the deal mm. i would just think that this is something that we can understand is like look like the nfl is not our friend yeah it doesn't care about black people yep. it doesn't care about its employees and even if you want a seat at the table to, you know, make a change, you're not going to fucking make a change. Yeah. Like, it's just, the NFL is fucking evil, period. Like, it's yeah. just bad. And even if none of these things with Colin Kaepernick happened, mm -hmm. it'd be fucking evil. It's yeah. a piece of shit. I want it to fucking die. Yeah. And whatever. Like, I don't it, have anything else to say about it, really. This is an extreme example, but in some ways... Watching Jay sit there and, you know, tap Goodell on the leg and, you know, say, do you know why we kneeled? Do you know why we knelt? <laughs> Would you kneel <laughs> up, up, up? It was almost like, you know, 
in the days of slavery where they they find the biggest toughest slave and they just fucking kill that person in front of everybody to let them know like you know we got all of y'all right like it's like you find jay-z we just we released that jay-z is the first hip-hop billionaire which we said that dr dre was and then we said that jay-z was but whatever that's fine right so yeah. he's like one of the most powerful people in the black community right in terms of a, a figurehead i mean you the only way you could have gone bigger is is to get beyonce right right so you get jay in this room and then you have him like apologizing for men with no fathers making police officers feel scared and and all the <laughs> etc right and it's just like it's just so performative and it's yeah. just uh, it just it just didn't really sit right with me you know that whole image yeah. and, and the only other thing i wanted to add because i spoke about this when i when i had this conversation at the meek mill thing my man was like you know we can't sit here and talk about the past you know jay-z's leading us into the future and you know he's doing this and he's doing that and he's making real change on a level where we don't have the capital to you know have that conversation and i said okay well you know the past is also our best predictor of the future right and so i remember very similar conversation around jay-z and the brooklyn nets right you know we all praised him we all you know got down and bowed to him for all these jobs he was going to create in brooklyn and how he was going to bring brooklyn a sports team now jay-z has divested from from this uh investment we found that he was a, a very, very slim minority owner. Mm -hmm. And it ended up just being a situation where we just allowed Russian oligarchs to get their hands on real estate in Brooklyn, furthering gentrification in Brooklyn, right? So right. while there were positive things that came of it, there were jobs that came out of it, et cetera, et cetera, you know, it would be dumb of us to see that happen as the previous example of, you know, Jay-Z leading us into the future of what blackness yeah. is supposed to be and just completely ignore that and what happened and what came of that. You know what I mean? The only other thing I'll add to that is that if you think Jay-Z is leading us into the future and that's the leader that you want, look at who he's getting into bed with. Mm. And if that's what you want, then fucking follow that. But, yeah. you know, take care of your households, take care of your communities, be exactly. in your own, exactly. whatever. So, yeah. all right, well, transitioning <laughs> away from Jay-Z, we right. could talk about Beyonce. And yeah. she came out with a soundtrack kind of accompanying the Lion King movie, uh -huh. similar to what Kendrick Lamar yep. did with Black, Black Panther. Panther. Yeah. And this was released uh, July 19th mm -hmm. in conjunction with the movie, The Lion King, which was... Whatever. Yeah. I've never been a big fan of the Lion King, so it is what it oh, is. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, yeah. It's what? just it's just a very simple, basic movie. That's a top five Disney movie. Whatever. The middle third of it is way <laughs> too short. It's like Nala shows up and all of a sudden it's like, okay, I'm coming back home. There's like there's no tension. There's no real drama there. Oh, it's wow. like, oh, I was away. Now I'm, go now I'm back. Really? It's, yeah. it's a simple movie. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> we're not talking about that. Right. But yeah, so Beyonce comes out with an African-inspired... What did she actually have to say about it? Like, this was her dream of africa or something like that was what oh, she was doing with this i don't know i didn't i didn't hear that okay well what did you yeah. think about it i thought it was cool i don't think it was groundbreaking musically no it's not but i think the gem of the entire release is brown skin girl um okay and not even necessarily as a piece of music I think we talked a lot about Beyonce and how Beyonce is such an iconic musician, maybe the most iconic musician of this of this generation. Yeah. But um 
her catalog not necessarily standing up to her image and and her yeah. you know and yeah. so i feel like she has a few legacy pieces that you know she'll be remembered by but mm-hmm. you know i think this brown skin girl at this moment is going to be a piece of music that is remembered um mm-hmm. for what it means and uh very specifically her having her daughter singing the refrain at the end i think as a moment brown skin girl itself is amazing so I- i'll let you comment on that before i talk about the whole album pro tip for the djs out there if you want to actually mix brown skin girl in with your sets what you could do is you can line it up with the murder she wrote or that rhythm from the shaka demas and pliers yeah. and then you can pump up the bass on that and kind of tone down the bass a little bit on brown skin girls and you mm-hmm. get a good reggae dancehall beat yeah. in with the song i did it once at a set it was popular wow. you can try that yeah. um i think it's a good song and yeah. i was trying to find a way to get it into my set for a reason because i yep. knew it would be a crowd pleaser yeah going on with the rest of the album though Mm-hmm. I think it's funny that she's listed as a producer on every single track. Did you notice that? <laughs> no, I every did. single track she's listed as a producer. That's what's up. Every single one of them. So yeah. I'm not sure if that's like Beyonce politicking or Beyonce is actually helping to produce these records. I don't know. She probably like A and R'd like the whole thing, right? She probably said, Maybe. I want that. I don't want that, right? One of the things that I kind of find interesting about this is because like I can sit here and listen to this album and I can tell like oh this is this is coming from this part so like find your way back it's like obviously that's like a South African vibe yeah same thing with my power because you have a Buzizwa I think that's how you mm. pronounce the name okay. um I used to DJ all this South, South yeah, African yeah, music that yeah. obviously has a very like South African kind of quite so guap vibe to it mm-hmm. and then you get into tracks like um I think it's mood for no water water with the salat tl and uh, the other one would be, uh, I think it's Mood Forever. And you could tell yeah. like the woman singing, I was like, oh, she sounds like Amadou and Miriam. She sounds like Salif Keita. Like that's a Mali singer. And you look at her and say, like, oh, okay, she's from Mali. Mm-hmm. So despite the fact that you have a kind of diverse group of artists and a diverse mm-hmm. group of sounds, mm-hmm. it still all kind of comes back to a Niger vibe to me. Yeah. I'm not sure if you got that. A lot of people complained about that, actually. I will, you know. The folks that aren't just so enamored by Beyonce that they would never say anything negative about her. <laughs> uh, some of them complain. And it's funny because I felt like I was hearing deja vu because we had the same with the Black Panther, right? Like people yeah. were like, yo, Kendrick got some South African people and then that was it. Um, and then here yeah. it's like, yo, you know, the Lion King is set in East Africa, but, you know, the, the whole album is a West African vibe. Um, then people started ta- kind of talking about the homogenization of taking all of the sounds of Africa and compiling them as what we're calling Afrobeats in America, right? When yeah. when all of Africa's sounds are not Afrobeats. I think it's interesting. With, with the Kendrick piece, first of all, I was actually appreciative of him going more in the South African direction just because I don't think it's a region that gets enough yeah. credit. Yep. Especially because I will I will die on this hill forever. <laughs> Yeah. But the South, like the sound that you're hearing coming from Ghana and coming from Nigeria right now, it has its roots in South Africa. I don't give a fuck what anyone really? says. Like, I will stand on that hill forever. Okay, I will stand on that hill forever. But um, you might be dolly. Uh, no, I won't be. There's a bunch of South Africans who will tell you the same exact thing. In fact, there's even a few South African producers who are making music for Nigerian artists right now. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, though. But the other thing too, the reason why I don't mind it is because. Mm-hmm. 
Wakanda took so much from the South Africa and Zanzi region in general. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got that Elsa language. Yeah. So there was a bunch of different influences there, so I didn't necessarily mind it. But one of the things I found so amusing was that even on the track Mood Forever, which mm -hmm. Jay-Z is on, right. and it's the one where, you know, I, I mentioned you had this Molly singer. Mm -hmm. There's no references to Molly in the track. Mm -hmm. uh, Jay-Z references all these other African <laughs> things, but not the region yeah, from yeah. which the singer comes. And I just <laughs> found that fucking amusing. Yeah, so, I mean, it definitely... What, what's the best way to put it? It's definitely like a travel noir album. Like, sure. right? Like it's like, <laughs> That's it's good. Like, I like that. It's true. Right? It's, like, it's like Africa from the perspective of a black American person visiting Africa. Like like that. Yeah. That's what the album sounded like to me. But that's not a knock to it, right? Like it was. It was it's fine. not because it, it wasn't bad. It, yeah, it had it some good cool. songs. It was cool. It has some, cool. some good songs. If you guys are really interested and you do like this Beyonce album, what I would hope is that you go through the song credits mm -hmm. and look at some of these artists, see where they're Boom. from, go into Boom. their their discographies. If that can happen, then this album gets an A plus for me. Because, that's what I was you know, gonna say. Was I was gonna say? You know, I really appreciate Beyonce lending her platform to others yeah. and you know in a way where I'm not trying to knock Drake so we don't have to go down that rabbit hole but <laughs> oh, you know in a way where she's not cannibalizing these people she's she's yeah, yeah, yeah. she she puts the platform out there and then she lets them shine and she steps out of their way yeah. Um, and I, I really respect that. Yeah. So keeping in with the African theme, because why not? Let's throw all these Africans in the same bucket, right? <laughs> these damn Africans. <laughs> <laughs> so Burna Boy drops African Giant. Boom. That's released July 26th. And he was someone who's big in the press because I think he got a big award from BET. And then he gave mm. a big shout out to like the entire Pan-African yeah. diaspora in general. Yep. So he's someone who I'm rooting for. But this was a, this was a big album yes. that surprisingly... I feel like I heard more buzz about it than the actual music itself. Like yep. when I've been out, I feel like I haven't heard that many hits well, from this album. It's because that record, yay, which yeah, it's still, it's still is hot. still <laughs> like the maybe top two. It's probably Joanna and then yay. When did yay come out? I feel like that came out like two years ago. When did that come out? I think it came out like a year ago. Right? Is it? Okay. I just feel like it's been out for a while. Yeah. It's been a big hit. I mean, it's not so. even on this project, right? It's on the last one. No, it's not. It's not. Yeah. yeah. Bold prediction. Okay. This is, to me, the coming out party for Berna as an international musician. Sure. I believe sure. that Berna is going to be one of those ones. Like, yeah, and when I be. say one of those ones, like, you know, we talk about Beyonce. We talk about Rihanna. We talk about Bob Marley, Michael Jackson, Fela wow, Kuti, that level. Uh, Marvin Gaye, people who are like legacy artists that motherfuckers are talking about in 30 years. I believe that Burna Boy will be one of those people based on okay. where he is right now. Salute me or shoot Salute me. me Yinka has Burna Boy going down as one of the all-time greats. Yeah. I'm not going to shoot you. Mm. I'm not going to salute you either. Mm. I'm going to step back. Wait I'm not really see. sure how to... Yeah, ask me again in a year. Yeah. And I'll, I'll either have, you know, I'll salute you or I got some shots for you. Yeah. I invite you to, if you haven't, to see Burna Boy perform, like watch one of his uh, his performances, like a clip or something. He's actually performing in Chicago tonight. By the time this podcast, this episode is released, he will have performed in D.C. as well. If you so, can see him. Well, look, if I go, honestly, it's, it's going to be more for the scenery than it is uh, for the music. Yeah. Scenery, I'm just, I'm just right the now. scenery is going to be positive, oh, I know. guaranteed. I know. 
I'm gonna have to go into work the next day because that motherfucker <laughs> might not come on until two o'clock in the morning. Facts, facts. I don't my, know how y'all night. My, my people do have a problem with time. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, man. Um, Berna has a certain. He has the je ne sais quoi. Yeah, he and does. he has. There's a certain level of I'll call it confidence. And you talked about it with Big, right? Like. Yeah. There's a certain confidence that that certain artists have when they just get to a level where you can just look at them and you can just you can just see it, it around them. It's like they got Game mm-hmm. Genie or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and Berna now has that confidence. And I and I went and I, I'm a big fan of Mr. Easy as well. I went and saw Mr. Easy here, and I really like Mr. Easy and I like a lot of his music. I like a lot of this music in this genre. I'm I'm a big fan of. We we put out a mix. You know, on our platform, highlighting Afrobeats music. So, you yeah, know, go check that out if you haven't heard it yet. It's really good. Thanks, man. So we're fans of it, but something about Burna, like he just has a presence mm-hmm. and a vibe with his music that shows a certain level of comfort, mm-hmm. and also his musicians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. The album has a lot of music, a lot of musical elements, a lot of great horn sections and things. To where it's like, okay, you know, Bob Marley and the Whalers, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, it's not just some kid just making a beat in the corner. Like, he has the right instrumentation happening at the right time. He's right in pocket. Dude, I, I, it's something special about Burner. I'm just going to put that out there on our podcast. So, you, you remember what you heard. Do you have me. any highlights from the album? I really like Don Gote. Okay. I would say that that's probably my, like, one, just because I, I, I like the story a lot. Mine is probably like the quasi dancehall poppy record secret. Even though like the subject matter is kind of whatever, I just love the vocal arrangement on it. But yeah. um, what's a mango do? If yeah. you listen real carefully, uh-huh. has like the riff from Magic Systems Premier Gal. If you listen, really? Really? Like, go back and listen to that record. I'm gonna definitely check and, it out. Like, you, you can hear it a little bit. But, yeah. um, Admittedly, I haven't listened to this album itself as much as I should have. Okay. There's just too much fucking music, man. There is a lot of music. There's a lot of music. But anyway. Do you have anything else about The Burner Boy before we go on to this Jadena 85 to Africa? I think it's a good album and I think everybody should check it out. And I think that it's an album that people are going to hearken back to. Okay. Moving on to Jadena 85 to Africa released August 23rd. This is my favorite album of the summer thus far. And I'm not the only person who has said so. This album was really, really Panama said that too, right? Panama said it and just my friends in general like we've been talking about this album I think it's I enjoyed his first his debut album though I also could see I'm like you're not really coming into your own yet you're, you're kind of doing some things to kind of sound poppy and yep. not everything is, is working correctly but I could also yeah. see enough it's like alright 
I will continue to to listen to your projects in the future. Yeah. This album as a follow-up is it's like wow. This album yeah. is really, really good. A lot of growth, definitely. I listened to this project actually for the first time either yesterday or today. Um mm -hmm. was definitely impressed. Yeah. I still feel like I have mixed feelings about the whole wearing your Nigerianness as like a like a funny silly haha ha, check out my funny African father ha check out my funny African uncle well, well in fairness he he balances it out with Jungle Fever which is kind of like a, a shake my head record but that's okay as a, <laughs> as a fellow mixed person go ahead yeah but um I mean other than that like you know I think now is kind of the perfect time for the blend when it comes to the production. And right. I think that the production just blends perfectly. Like the record that samples the Busta joint. Oh yeah, the oh, Zodiac. Oh, what? Yeah. I was that, at Selection yeah. on Friday night and um and he did that, he played that record and I was like, what is this? I was with oh, Brandon yeah, Walker fire. and Brandon Walker goes, yo, that's on that Jadena. I was like, I'm gonna go home and listen to this album just because yes. of this song. But, uh, Shout out to Nana Kwabena. Mm -hmm. He's one of his producers. Uh, awesome Enemy's a pretty cool guy. Oh, yeah. I think he's his main producer. He did a lot of Yo. production on this album, and it's, it's really good. The, the production the way the is whole great. thing starts off with those horns yes. is crazy. He has shown Kuti on the on the intro, right? Uh, yes, he does. Yeah, he does. And then on the song 85 to Africa, he yeah. samples Fela Kuti, yeah. which is the the Obey or Ob sample. Mm -hmm. That's on the 69 LA Sessions um before he became like really, really, really huge, yeah. uh, which is actually, that's actually probably one of my favorite Fella records. Uh, everything mm -hmm. on there, like the energy on there is great. Yeah. But he does a good job of sampling that. And yeah, tracks like Susu, Vaporiza. Yeah. Um, it's a good album. I really, yeah. really dig it. It is. And it's it's wild, man. Like, <laughs> I've made many jokes about Jadena's rebrand, uh, his current rebrand. <laughs> um, I'll spare you some of them, but just know, dog, we see you. I, I, we see you out here. It's working though. It's, it's funny. <laughs> I, I, I really enjoy it. Uh, you know, keep doing your yeah. thing. But you know, it's always a good thing when when the music, you know, the music is there too. You know, so oh, I mean, yeah, the music is all this branding stuff is great and wonderful. But you know, when the music, when the music also speaks for itself and is is good, you know, you really respect it. So definitely really enjoyed this album and i'm i want to spend more time with it like really sit with it but yeah. uh yeah I, I don't think that i would consider it my number one album of the year thus far but i do well, think i said it's of a, the summer a, of or, the summer or of the summer but fair, but i fair, do think fair. it's a good album yeah so there was another african producer who was making music over the summer that you wanted to pinpoint i didn't have him on my list his name is jules and i'm okay. sure you've heard right he put out an album called color Okay, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and you know, I mean, it, for for cats that are fans of Afrobeat, the thing that I really like about Jules is kind of similar to what we're talking about with Jadena. Um, he likes to merge sounds, and yeah. I really, really love that. It's it's something that I love about Selection, and it's something that I really love about Jules. So he'll he'll sample things from just kind of all over the world and recontextualize them as Afrobeat. And he has a song with Assassin. You know the dancehall okay. artist assassin mm -hmm. on the album uh where you know it's like it's an afro beat but then you got assassin just you know just killing I, I love assassin he's one of my favorite dancehall artists all right i'm gonna have to peep this it sounds it sounds really good yeah the intro
Yo, holla at me after you hear the intro because you're going to hear it and you're going to be like, oh shit. Okay. <laughs> it's right, really now I'm good. excited. Yeah, it's now really I'm excited. Good. All right. So, getting into, I guess, the more of a hip hop side of it, um, we're going to talk about Rhapsody's album. It's not her debut because she's had albums in the past, yep. but this one is called Eve and this mm -hmm. is released August 23rd. And I like this one a lot. What did you think? Yo, I got to like, like, it's not a full throated apology pause. <laughs> but but I low key have to have to really really give Rhapsody her props here. Um, yeah, I would not have listened to this album if you did not put this on this list. It was getting a lot of hype though. It was, For but a lot of her stuff gets a lot of hype, fair, and you know, fair. and and that's fine. Like, I have not been a, a fan in the past. For various okay. reasons, but man, the production on this album is so good. Musically, and, this album is really, and really man, good. It's really the, impressive. The mix is pristine. Like we talked yeah. about, we talked about Megan Thee Stallion, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and her album and how well well mixed it was. This Rhapsody yeah. album sounds great. It does. And I'm not saying either of those two things to take away from Rhapsody. This is the first time I heard a project where I didn't hear every verse and go, "Oh, she's trying to sound like Kendrick." Oh, she's trying to sound like Crit. Oh, she's trying to sound like... Which has been a criticism of mine in the past. I actually kind of got to hear Rhapsody's voice on this album okay. in a way that I haven't heard her previously. And so I haven't really had an opportunity to really sit with the album and really digest, you know, like I really like how she named all of the songs after female figures. Prominent black women, especially. Yes. Right. And so Even like, though the songs, with the exception of Athene, None of the song titles have anything really to do to with do the actual. With the song. Yeah, that was kind of yeah. that was kind of. But but I don't know that because I haven't really sat with it to really digest and understand each, each record. So I I do want to take the time to do that. But as an initial first or second kind of run through, I just want to give Rhapsody props for this album. Like that first joint with the Phil Collins mm -hmm. sample. Yeah. What the fuck? Yo, that shit came yeah. on in my car. I was like, Are you? Serious. The this musical on. direction on this is amazing. It's quite, it's quite impressive. Yeah. It's funny though that you you mentioned how sometimes she tries to sound like other MCs yeah. on this project, and it's funny because I was listening to this album again today, mm -hmm. and because I, I listened to it twice, and I was thinking that she kind of reminds me of Little Brother in the sense of my criticism of Little Brother, mm, which yes, is the, the derivative. It's not that they're bad. It's just that they don't really do much to push them the needle forward yeah. from a vocal perspective or from a musical perspective at least when it comes to little brother on this she has a music down pat yeah. as a vocalist she's fine she's good she's definitely you know i'm not trashing her she's not whack at all uh -huh. but at the same time too she's not exactly doing anything innovative with hip-hop vocals on the mic it doesn't bother me but if I did have a criticism of her as a hip hop lyricist, yeah. it would be that she hasn't done anything on this album lyrically that I have not heard from other artists before. Yeah, I'll just say that. I think the one thing, because I agree with you, and that's the reason why I've not been a Rhapsody fan in the past. Mm -hmm. The one thing I will say for this project is that, though, you know, she really seems to have found her voice, like on the Phil Collins record that I'm talking about, where yeah. she talks about like how she's positioned in the industry and like the reasons why some people didn't support her and et cetera, et cetera. She's found a really good way to articulate her voice and her identity and, and where she kind of falls in the stratosphere of hip hop. And I think that that is a unique voice and identity. And I think she's also done a good job. You can tell she's kind of soft-spoken and she has a little bit of a speech impediment. 
And so yeah. I feel like she's pushed through in a way that like her voice is cutting a lot better than I've heard her in the past. I got you. So, you know, I mean, I have to give her props, man. I think she really improved. Yeah. And just one more thing to say about the album. Just some of the songs I want to highlight. First of all, uh, the Kelly 47, I thought killed it. On yes. Oprah. It ain't uncommon to borrow a dollar. Invite me over to eat with your mama. I like the checks with the commas on commas. I want the checks with the commas on commas. It ain't uncommon to borrow a dollar. Invite me over to eat with your mama. I like the checks with the commas on commas. I want the checks with the commas on commas. I need them dollars. Run me my half or I put a hole in your wallet. Cold case on my waist. You don't want these problems. Bank calls said they running out of commas. That's on my mama. I'm steady mobbing. Post it up till I reach my profit margin. Cash money and I ain't lying into thousand. Hustle Lord, don't you hear my stomach growling? Bitch, I'm bout it. I'm hungry. So I need them tender greens spilling off my plate. Cash on delivery, bitch, I raise the stakes. You a hate what I fucking make. Just a pop out and I don't even show my face. So yeah. Count it all, gon' take about a minute. Don't claim the gang, ho, if you know you're not with it. Marijuana sent it, windows tinted, keep it low, cause you know these niggas can't wait to print it. Oh, yeah. It Yo, and that was what I was gonna say, yo. Like, what you were talking about is 100% true, right? Because I was really enjoying the project, but a lot of it was because of the other factors. And yeah. when LaKelly47 came on her track, I saw the difference <laughs> between. Shit, right. I saw the difference between somebody who is like, oh shit, like a forefront vocalist and yeah. like Rhapsody. Like, I still kind of have that criticism of her. And LaKelly47 made it glaring on that song, yeah. you know? Some of the pieces of music we talk about, you know, just the the musical decisions that they made. Like with Whippy, you've got the Herbie Hancock, Waterman Man sample. That was really cool. But I mean, the highlight to me has got to be the Ibtahaj. Mm. And I think Ibtahaj, if I'm not mistaken, she's the fencer at the Olympics, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. She yep. wears a hijab. Yep. Actually, I'm not sure if it's a hijab because some of the head wraps have different names, so I don't know which one it, it is that she wears. Okay. But um, that track, like the video is dope too because there's a mm. bunch of women in the video who also have their head wrapped the same way. Mm. But to have like D'Angelo and Jizza on that track, mm. and it's like you clearly sample Liquid Swords, right? but you also make it sound wholly unique mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And you have it, you give it like that just a raw, like natural musical feel to it. Like that... That's the song that I continually go back to for me yeah. is the Ibtahaj record. Mm. So. Shout out to Rhapsody. Um, <laughs> it's mm -hmm. funny because I almost wish I had heard this before, but Rhapsody performed prior to Meek Mill. And I was joking because I'm an asshole uh, on Facebook in a group. And I was like, yo, um, Rhapsody's going to perform, but it's a 15-minute walk from my house. And I don't think I want to waste the 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I didn't. And I didn't go. But now that I've heard the, the album or some of the album, I'm like, yo, I actually would have gone and checked her out. So, you know, shout out for Rhapsody. Okay. I'm sorry for being an asshole. Your, your album's dope. <laughs> it is. It's a very good record. <laughs> and I mentioned Little Brother when I was talking about, my, when I was giving a kind of like a comparison to, to Rhapsody. And yeah. we're going to talk about their project next. May the Lord Watch released August 20th. Mm -hmm. And I liked it. I thought it was yeah. good. It was hilarious. It was absolutely heavenly. Yes. This album, the interludes on this are way funnier than the ones on Minstrel Show. For really? Sure. I thought the whole, uh, U, was it UBN? UBN. That's for Minstrel Show. 
You Black Niggas Network. But they the way they do it on this is is more funny. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought because they, they have especially when the guy like the the owner of the network, the Jewish guy. Yeah, Pete like Rosenberg. Or something. Pre Rosenberg, and he's given his eulogy to to Percy um, <laughs> Percy uh, <what's>, Miracles. <laughs> yeah, which is which is Fonte's uh, one of his aliases, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that whole thing I thought was just fucking. This album was good. Yeah. Um, the songs that I enjoyed the most was the very first one, the feel. Mm-hmm. That to me is a jam, and the other one, Fonte actually um, helped produce it, which is uh, what I came for. Yeah. But um, look, my thoughts on them don't change. I think they're they're fine. Mm-hmm. I don't think they do any thing innovative with music especially yeah. when it comes to the vocals yeah and their beats like you know this album could have came out 10 years ago 15 years ago and we would not have known any difference mm-hmm. that's my personal opinion on that yes but i mean it was good it was good I yeah it. unpopular opinion alert i'm gonna have to go you know to the outlaw camp on this one um <laughs> i've heard people say that this album is the most amazing album it's the album of the year it's so refreshing etc etc I love these guys. I'm a fan of these guys. I think Fonte is very talented. So that's where Outlaw and I's opinions differ. However, I don't think this album really gave us anything we've we've never heard before. Maybe it's refreshing because we want to harken back to a previous time. Right. But I mean, you know, this is just as in the vein of, of previous Little Brother albums. It's dope. It's cool. But I mean, I don't think it's unique enough that you know, 10, 15 years from now, I'm gonna be like, yo, remember Little Brother, May the Lord Watch? Like, I'm just happy that one of my favorite rap groups is back together making music. And I think that's probably more impactful than the music itself. The one positive thing that I'll say here that's different here than other Little Brother albums is Big Pooh really, really stepped his game up, and he—he's not an anchor, and and anymore. but previously he has been, like you know, <laughs> yes. and, and he's been like known as like the prize of the group, like like <laughs> there's actually a skit on um on the minstrel show where they go in about 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 him and how the dude's like yeah who's that guy big fat poo guy yeah whatever nobody cares he's like his his album's probably gonna come out soon. On SoundCloud Records. <laughs> they were clowning him hard. But yeah, yo, uh, shout out to Pooh. Pooh really killed it on this album. I was I was really happy to hear him step it up like that. But uh, yeah, so, this album was cool. It sounds like a Little Brother album. You know, you say Little Brother is back making music, but they're not back. Ninth Wonder isn't on this. Yeah, but Ninth Wonder, and it's funny because there's a really good interview if you want to hear. I think it's, it's The Real did an interview with them. Um, okay. And they asked why ninth wonder wasn't in little brother and they basically were like little brother has always been us two. Oh, okay and they said that ninth wonder himself hasn't been a part of the group since the listening okay and all of the albums after that was them they might have gotten some production from ninth but he wasn't he's not a part of little brother Okay. All right. So the next album we're going to discuss is from June. Uh, this is the oh, Freddie Gibbs and Madlib album Bandana, released June twenty eighth. Album of the year thus far. So you think so? Because yes. that's what Amos was saying as well, and I wholeheartedly disagree with y'all. <laughs> but I want to hear your your positive thoughts on this. First of all, Freddie Gibbs has given us a lot of projects. Yeah. I think his most diverse bodies of work are when he collaborates with Madlib. Okay. Madlib is is somebody who we love. We do. Uh, Madlib is somebody who I think is is on a lot of people's Mount Rushmores. He comes from the ilk of the Dillas, etc. But 
Mad Lib kind of stepping outside of the Mad Lib that we know. I mean, there's trap beats on here produced by Mad Lib. Um, mm -hmm. And just the way the sequencing and the way the way the songs line up. Some of them are super short. Some of them are, are actual, you know, long players with with features and all, all the et cetera. I just really, really think this is a strong body of work. Yeah, but does it need Freddie Gibbs, though? That's the question. Does it need Freddie Gibbs? Here's my thing. Okay. So Mad Lib is amazing on here. Yes. And there's a couple beats in particular that mm -hmm. like really did it for me. Yep. So Massage Sheets. I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah, this is, that's mis what it is. Massage seats, massage seats situations, yeah. Giannis. Like, there's a couple really, half really good man, tracks Half man, half cocaine. Here's my thing, though, about that. So sometimes when I listen to albums, like if I'm working while I'm listening to an album, I'll be working, but I'll, I'll have it on the background. And surprisingly, I actually catch a, a few amount of the lyrics. Uh -huh. But other times, if I'm just listening to something, I will also put up the lyrics in the background just so I have, just so I don't miss anything. Okay. And when I was listening to this, I was reading the lyrics as I was listening to the album. Yeah. And it got to the point where I just stopped because I was like, every single one of these songs, he's really talking about the same shit. That's true. And I don't mean like he's talking about it from a different angle. I mean, literally, you could replace, maybe not the cadences, obviously, mm. but you could replace the lyrics and they would all go together. Mm -hmm. The fair. only song to me that I thought he really kind of stood out was actually the one where he has two better MCs on it, which is Yasin Bey. Most Death and Black Thought, I thought got the best out of Gibbs. Mm. Um, that was the only verse where I was actually like, oh, okay, he's actually stepping his game up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's got some drug references on here, but I thought this was a better verse. But the rest of the mm. time, I'm like, you know, and, and I don't even mind the drug rap, but I mean, like, literally, like, you're not saying, and I'm not even trying to diss Gibbs because I don't yeah. think he's whack at all. Mm -hmm. I just think that subject matter wise, literally, mm. like, these songs are interchangeable. That's fair. But I mean, you know, to go in that vein, right? You could say that for a lot of the music that we sit up here and, you know, just fanboy about from the 90s, right? Um, so, we, we love Only Built for Cuban Links, but what is, yeah, what is but that, that about? But they have, you know different, they have different songs. Like, they have songs about, like, heist. They have songs about women. They have songs about just like general, like just spitting on the on the mic. They have five percent or shit on there. Like they have a they have a variety of things. To me, like I'm listening to these, I'm reading these lyrics, and I'm like, okay, this sounds. You said this on the last record. Okay, fine. Yeah. You're using different rhymes, but the the core of what you're saying, you said this on the last record. You I think I, I, mean? like, I agree and disagree with you. I okay. think to some degree. Um, we're listening to this without a nostalgia factor. And I think Fair. that if Freddie Gibbs was an MC from our time period when we were young, impressionable kids listening, we would probably be more impressed with his content. Maybe. But at the same time, you're right. You know, I think I've said the same about Pusha and people get on. Yes. Me, but it's like, how many different ways can you, you know, tell me you were, you're moving cocaine, you're moving cocaine, you're moving cocaine, you're moving cocaine. OK, we got yeah. it. We, we feel you. I agree there. I think, you know, the production really carries it here. And I think is and I think that so Freddie Gibbs is one of the better MCs in the game today when it comes to flow. I think he really, okay. really has a great understanding of how to ride beats. Um, okay. You know, his delivery and his flow and, and, and how he's able to kind of adapt it and mold it to different beats is what's more impressive to me than his content is. I got you. Yeah. All right.
I don't have anything else to cover with that. I enjoyed yeah. the album. I thought it was good. Yeah. I just, I can't give it album of the year, even though a Mad Lib on it is stellar. And yeah. you're right. Gibbs does have a good flow and it couples very, very well with Mad Lib as yeah. well. So the next album we're going to talk about is technically, this is the debut album from <laughs> Chance the Raptor called The Big Day because the uh, his other projects were just mixtapes. Even though I knew that Acid Rap was a mixtape, yeah. but Coloring Book I thought was an album. Yeah. That was a mixtape too. So technically this is his debut. And I have to yeah. say, I do not like Chance the Rapper mm. and I've only listened to this album one time, mm. but I actually low-key enjoyed it. Now that being said, I'm probably not going to revisit it, but I was listening to this album mm. while I was doing my coding. And I was like, you know, I thought I would hate this and I'm actually kind of vibing to it. Mm. That's all I'm going to say about the album in general. There's one mm. other song I want to highlight, but I want to get your, your thoughts first. Yeah, man, I really don't like this album. I'm fair, with fair, everybody fair. else. But again, right, we're looking at this from two different vantage points. Yes. Um, I got on board with Acid Rap and I loved mm -hmm. Acid Rap. I still love Acid Rap. It's a project I've yet to listen to i had an argument actually i went to for for folks that don't know the reason we started this podcast a little bit late today i went to the kanye west sunday service thing chance was there um i ended up having a, a spirited conversation with a young chicagoan where you know i made the assertion that uh chance's acid rap was a top five album call it an album sorry of that year and okay. i believe that year was the year that also included good kid mad city in it Oof. in terms of the the ranks of albums that were out at the time so there yeah. was good material at the time and i think that that album is good enough to stand next to a lot of those great projects that came out at the time so i'll start there right so coloring book super chicago project um two very different projects right acid rap he was on acid it's it's a very sad very depressed very down tempo album for the most part and then coloring book a lot it's a lot about god it's very upbeat it's got a lot of chicago house influence etc also love that album for different reasons so chance tells us now he's going to give us his debut album which we're like what the fuck have we been listening to for the last five years and, right. then, and, then, and then the album comes out and it's it's underwhelming um That's it fair. suffers from the 2019 syndrome of of inflating your album to try to inflate your streams, you know? So there's, there's a lot too of songs many on songs on the shit. There's a lot of songs. Some people complain about how happy he is and how he's like, oh, my wife, I love my wife, I love my wife. I don't have I an mean, issue with that. Yo, that's where he is in his life. I'm fine yeah, with that's, that. That's fine. But um, I don't think that the, the quality of the music overall is on the level of either of his last two projects. And it's disappointing from the perspective of it being called his debut. And I feel sorry for him because... He called it his debut. The album is called The Big Day, which a lot of people thought The Big Day meant my album is finally here, which actually was not what it meant. It was about his him getting married. And right. then the, the music is underwhelming. So I actually thought the music was... I was listening to it and I was like, whoa, like this is arranged well. Mm -hmm. I thought he has some good musical choices. Mm -hmm. He didn't sound annoying as a vocalist to me. And that's mm -hmm. always been my thing with Chance. Like yeah. I fucking can't stand his voice. Yeah, I know It's not as bad as Tyler, the creator on his e Igor project uh -huh. or Igor, whatever the fuck it is. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, I cannot stand his voice. Mm -hmm. But I was able to tolerate it mm -hmm. on this project. Now, 
I haven't listened to Coloring Book all the way through. I haven't listened to any of Acid Rap. So I could just I just kind of hear things in there. And I just I thought I was going to hate this album. Okay. And maybe because I thought I was going to hate it and the yeah. fact that I didn't. Yeah. No expectations. Exactly. No expectations. Yeah. So I was going to, you know, it's okay. It's palatable to me. The one thing I had to say, though, is that an early candidate for my guilty pleasure song of the year is Hot Shower. That song is so fucking whack and corny, but for whatever reason, I had that song on repeat for a couple times. Oh wow! I was like, this song is trash, but I like it for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. It's so fucking stupid. It's like hot shower, hot then it hot. I'm like, oh my god, this yeah. song is whack. But I'm gonna listen to it a few more times before I go on to the next. Yeah, that's hilarious. I think yeah, it's I think it's a vantage point thing. I think I came yeah. into this project with a ton of respect for Chance. I think mm-hmm. he's one of the standout talents of this generation of of musicians. Um, I think when people give credit to Life of Pablo, they need to pat Chance on the back as they pat Kanye on the back. Right. And I think that you know me coming into this project with a ton of respect for Chance and liking Chance a lot, I was underwhelmed. You coming okay. into the project. You know, not really Hating. being a I fan. I do not like Chance the Rapper, right? And yeah. and 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 not really having any expectations. You're like, oh, okay, well, this isn't shit. That's good. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> it's it's uh, good to get the differing perspectives. Yeah, yeah. All right, so a big one for the '80s babies. Nas, The Lost Tapes Two, released July 19th, and I think that this was was good for the talking heads of hip-hop because not just because it's Nas, not just because he has music that was basically compiled from like the last 10 years, right. but because of the list of producers he had on here. I mean, there was a, like, even like the kind of like the build up to the release of this, she's like, oh, Alchemist has, has got some joints on here. Yeah. Pete Rock's got some joints on here. DJ Toomp's got some joints on here. No ideas on here as well, right? I think. Yeah, I think so. And RZA, obviously, right? So what did, what did you think of this project? I don't think I can give it a fair assessment. I kind of skimmed okay. this and was like, uh, okay. That's fair. What about you? That's fair. So I listened to this once all the way through and then I kind of skimmed it again, but I actually took like more notes the second time. Mm. Um, I think he actually has some really good pieces of music on here. Again, he gets a pass for himself or like he has like a, an out because he didn't sit down in the studio and make this this music all at one time like he's got some <laughs> records that were recorded like back in 2006 that he put on this right now what i want to say about that though is that i think that we've seen from other artists that there's a space for late 90s early 2000 kind of jazzy hip-hop yeah with old school heads rapping like yeah. the static selector project mm-hmm. right that was the one that you and i both liked yeah even like the freddie gibbs madlib mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. or the little brother project like there's a space for that kind of music yeah and nas actually has a lot of music that's like that yeah. on this record yeah i think rizza initially the first time i heard it i thought that rizza's tracks kind of disappointed but Upon listening the second time around, like he's got this song called, um, I think it's called Tanasia or Tanasia, Tanasia. Yeah. And really, the beat is fine. Nas Tanasia, is the one who fucks Tanasia. up the track. She could be from yeah. Asia, but she not from China. <laughs> yeah, Nas ruins that song by, you know, going back to his uh, his I Am days where he just had silly hooks all over the fucking record. Yes. Uh, yes. And then he's got another track called uh, Highly Favored, which is actually another good beat. Mm-hmm. It's just not mixed well. Like it, it sounds like a song mm-hmm. that wasn't complete but um 
there's some dope shit on here. So like Lost Freestyle, right? His second verse of that is actually freestyle, and that shit is dope. Uh, I tell a story of a prince life in all his glory. It's killing me softly. Somber like the builders at Fort Greene. Put monsters and niggas who walk mean. Put niggas and they just came home and they gripped they chrome. Can you hear me? Is this thing on? Test one, two. Give me some feedback if y'all can feel it. For the home invasion dudes that be robbing dealers. Picture me running inside the crib, rolling with you. Mask on the face, tying up the sister. Looking for the bricks to get richer. Smacking up the dude with the gun. Take the jewels and the funds. A dirty game when you're serving king. Got feds to watch, hoes to watch, checkpoints and roadblocks. Police barricades, battle rams, doors off the hinges. Wake up flinching, who ratted, man? Know who it had to be. States, feds, and housing added in. Every department searching your apartment. Ramshacking it, found four ratchets. DEA jackets, we gotta escape the madness. <laughs> yeah, escape the madness. Yeah, through the eyes of Pablo. That's how I'm looking at you, it's an obstacle and everything. It's all natural, I'm keeping it palin', keeping heat with the silences. Learning Greek and Italian, speak with kings while dining. Good with hyenas, meaning it's good when it's time for riding. Ties with supplies from my days of the projects, where I resided a phenomenon. With the ambitions of a rider, pretty Amazon on my arm, nigga, I'm the flyest. The flyest. <laughs> yeah, let me hear that. I was going through reading the lyrics and then I, I was also reading and I was like, yo, like Nas like freestyle like this half of the song. <laughs> and I was like, wow, like that's that's really impressive. And you could tell that it's freestyle. Yeah. Um, but I to me, the standout producer on here is Pete Rock. The Art of It and Queensbridge Politics mm. are two really, really dope tracks. Mm. Um, even his joint with Alchemist was dope as well. I love Alchemist. Uh, he's got he's got some good good work on here. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm gonna have to yeah. I'm gonna have to give it uh, some more time, you know. But what I will say is like, man, Nas. <laughs> I just don't love Nas as an executive producer. Um, and no, so no. you know, I came into the project and it was just kind of like, oh, okay. Well, here's what I think should happen, right? Because like I said, he has an out because oh, these are just you know tracks that didn't get put on records. Like he had some stuff that was supposed to be on like Life is Good and there was some other project he was supposed to be working on and whatever but I, I think that if he were to do something with like like the Alchemist and No ID have like a collaborative project and throw a few Pete Rock records on there mm. like and actually sit down and do it mm -hmm. and see, don't that's try to make it hot exactly but don't try to make it hot for the day just make yeah. something good make it a throwback vibe and let's just have a good album. Nas got to get out of his own way, man. He he can't executive produce these albums. Like like right. I, he shouldn't even be able to give input. Yeah, let right. No ID and Alchemist bring all the beats to him. You know what I'm saying? Like you can lend concepts and that's it. Just rap. Yeah. Cuz nah. Yeah. I'm that first single, I was like, "Are you fucking joking?" <laughs> what is this? Yeah, it's from the Dave Brubeck timeout record. <sighs> You like that? No, no, oh. no, no, no. But I like I like the Dave Brubeck. Yeah, Brubeck yeah, yeah. It's Dave one of the highest stuff. selling jazz albums of all time. It's right. an amazing piece of music. Yeah, and uh, it should have just kept it where it belongs. Like I kind of appreciate the technical ability for him to rap on that record, mm. given that the time signature is not a four four. Right, right. It's not like the whole concept of that album was a uh, Dave Brubeck got together with his band and said, "Hey, we're going to create music." that is not written in the standard time signature. Yep. So everything on there has got a, a, a funky time signature to mm -hmm. it. That song most especially. Yeah. So the fact that Nas can rap on that, you know, 
kudos. Oh, yeah. I'm proud of you. But yeah. like, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's almost like when, <clears throat> sorry, that period of time, I think it was in the early 2000s when um, I think Twista set like some Guinness Book of World Records for the fastest rap. And then all of a sudden, all these people started coming out with like, oh, I can rap uh, faster. Oh, I can rap faster. It's like, I mean, cool. You know, kudos to you. You said a uh, hundred thousand words in three minutes or whatever, but I, I don't care. Like, uh, I don't want to I don't want to hear it. I I respect you for being able to do that, but it doesn't sound good to my ear. I'm not enjoying this. Right. Right. That should probably wrap it up for uh, the last tapes, too. It's got some good records on there and. It would be nice, like I said, if he could actually make an album that just kind of sounded like this in general. Yeah. And not not throw songs on here the 10 years after the fact. And if we don't like it, he's like, well, it was old and it was just sitting exactly. there, so I put it on the record. Now he's saying he's so, got he's got two more Lost Tapes worth of material that he's going to put out. Great. So, Thanks. Awesome. But, it's going to be great. Anyway, so the last album we're going to talk about is uh, Crit Is Here from Big Crit, released July 12th. Yeah. And I was excited to listen to it. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of underwhelmed while at the same time, like I was enjoying the album, mm. but I was underwhelmed at the same time. Mm. And it was funny because I got like two thirds of the way through and I was like, you know, something is kind of off about this. I can't figure out what it is. Let me look at the critical reception. Mm-hmm. And somebody said it perfectly. They said, Big Crit is like incapable of making a song that doesn't sound just fine. You know what I mean? Like he's got a lot of records that sound absolutely fine. Mm. He makes no bad records, yes. but he also makes very few records that really stand out. And the yeah. only song on here that really does stand out to me is Crit Here. Like I love mm. that song Crit Here. Mm. I love the vibe on it. But like the rest of the time, I'm like, it's... Nah, that shit with Wayne on it is amazing, bro. Is it? Okay. It's called Addiction with Lil Wayne and Saweetie. That, okay, yes, that's yes, fire. yes. That was a good record as well. Yeah. But I think that- But I, I see your point. I still want to like listen to the totality of your yeah. song. Like it's one of these things where if, if someone just put on like a random song from this album, mm-hmm. I would like it. Mm-hmm. But then if you force me to listen to the other songs yes. on it all at once, I'm kind of like, y'all, I'm kind of getting tired. I That's a better way to describe it. Because like I yeah. said, there's no bad songs on here. Yep. But there aren't enough like really, really good songs for me to, to really sustain my attention. And yeah. I like Crit. And I like the fact that he went out and sought other producers. I think yeah. that was a smart marketing decision from him. Yeah. But, I think Crit is going to be one of the one of the talents that we look back and go, wow, like maybe underutilized and underappreciated but 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 mm-hmm. i think one of the foremost talents but i think in some to some degree as a soloist he almost kind of suffers from the bubba the bubba syndrome yeah. right like even though he's way better than he's bubba but yes a hundred times better than yes. bubba and i want to make sure I'm, I'm making that clear but you know when, when you when you look at at soloists from the south right um of the this kind of generation here right You've got you, you've got like a TI, right? And so yeah. and so he's kind of modeled in the in the the frame of like a, a TI, a UGK, you know, uh, a Scarface, etc., right? Yeah. But there's he just doesn't have that like frontman je ne sais quoi of like a of like a TI. The problem is that he's not edgy enough. He's not polarizing enough. You think so? For his talent, mm-hmm. he's not polarizing enough. Mm-hmm. I think if you look at all the most talented like artists, or the, the ones that we like the most, mm-hmm. for as many people love them, 
there are people who are loud and vocal about not liking them. Okay. Say Kendrick, for example, right? Yeah. I personally yeah. think he's a great artist, but it's well known on here that I think he's vastly overrated right, right. as an actual lyricist. Like, I think it's laughable that people actually think he's a good lyricist, right? <laughs> now, you Damn. can look at me and you can say, like, well, Outlaws is hating. Yeah. But the thing is, is it like, I have to give Kendrick props for being polarizing because I think that when you're a polarizing artist, mm -hmm. one, you create debate. Mm -hmm. And two, like, there's more there's more room for like the stuff that's good to get more attention mm -hmm. if you will and it's just like yo have some records that people don't like or have a sound that not everyone's gonna like but do something that it's just like yo take a little bit of chance because i think he plays it safe a little too much mm -hmm. because i think he's really really talented mm -hmm. um i think he makes i think he's got a great understanding of music and has a great mm. ear for music mm. but i'm like i almost kind of want him to take some risk and if you make some shit mm. that's whack fine but i guarantee you you take more risk mm. it's almost like i said with, with, with what missy does take more risk you're going to make more shit that more people are feeling yeah i think he does take some risks i think honestly i think the way the way we see the talent of crit mm. is when we juxtapose him with other people we think are talented and I think yeah. a, a, the perfect example is One Train, right? So okay. at the time, you know, um, ASAP Rocky is popping. Kendrick Lamar is the most popping MC on the planet, you know, on and on, right? Uh, people are talking about Yellow Wolf. He's the new, the new great white hope. So, you know, you get this, this record that's like a posse cut uh, or what I would call a posse cut, not Carlos. Um, and, yeah. you know, Crit is the the country bumpkin on the record at the end, and he just fucking murders everybody. I think he he put everybody to rest, including Kendrick, Yo, at a time when he's nice. Kendrick was killing nice. everything, right? And yeah. so I want to hear I want to hear him do albums where he's collaborating with his contemporaries, and and okay. because I think he he really raises the bar when he's when he's challenged. Okay. And I think, and I don't think that he's ch he's challenged in these solo song situations, and so we get these records that are are dope records, but they're they're just all right, right? And it's all yeah. it's almost like once you've heard one dope big crit song, you 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 kind of have heard them all in a way. Like yeah. since since crit was here, which is when we were kind of a lot of us were first introduced to him. Mm -hmm. um, but but I, it's crazy because I, I do think that he is a he is a generational talent. He is one yeah. of the ones, but I just don't think we see it, and it's it, yeah. you know, it's kind of frustrating. I think that addiction record is is another record where you you see him next to other people who you have respect for, and I don't mean Saweetie, I mean <laughs> Little Wayne, Wayne. Um, over crazy production, and you're just like, wow, yo, this dude is super talented. Yeah, but you know that should wrap it up for our discussion on crit and that should wrap it up for part one of the the summer recap and uh unless there's anything else to discuss no nah, that's good peace peace <laughs>